weekly broadcast given to you by the apologetics team Ghana to expose and enlighten you on the truth as prescribed by the scripture on various issues in our world. The Bible says in Psalm 119 verse 130 that the entrance of his word gives light and it gives understanding to the simple. God bless you as you enjoy today's message. I know some of us think God's name is Jehovah. Glasses. God's name is not Jehovah. I'm telling you. It is not. You know, the, the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament is very funny. In the Old Testament, I see if I'm going ahead of myself. Let me continue. <laughs> now, another false doctrine that entered the church is called docetism. Sorry. And docetism says that when Jesus Christ became man, his body was not like our body because they took a scripture from Hebrews chapter 10 which says that um, uh, um, uh, sacrifices and burnt offering thou would not but a body has thou prepared me. So they are saying that when Jesus Christ came on the earth God had already formed a body for him and that body is incorporeal like, which means that it is not physical. It was an illusory body. Illusory body and it's, it cannot die. Which means that Jesus, it is impossible for Jesus to die. Now, you may take it lightly until we begin to talk about the death and the resurrection of Christ. Then you know the gravity of these heresies. Because if Jesus is mere man, Bible says that cursed is the man that trusted in another man. So if Jesus is just man and nothing else, we are all cursed. Actually, if Jesus Christ knew, according to C.S. Lewis, if Jesus Christ knew that he was mere man and knew the scriptures like he did and came to tell us that we should still believe in him for eternal life, either he is the demon of hell or maybe he was a lunatic. C.S. Lewis posits only three things pertaining to Christ. Either he is the lunatic, he is the liar, or he is what he says he is. He will be a lunatic because it is impossible for you to go to Israel and tell them, I am the son of God. They will kill you like they did. Jesus died for what he said, not for what he did. His own words condemned him because he said he was the son of God. Do you remember that when he met the high priest, the high priest tore his clothes? If you go back to Leviticus, I think chapter 21, the Bible says that, and the high priest will tear his clothes to testify the highest testimony against the person. Immediately the high priest tears his clothes means your head will be separated from your body. Amen. So Jesus Christ, when he met him, are you the son of God? He said, yes, I am the son of God. He said, you, are, you must be joking. Then he tore his clothes. means that Jesus had signed his death warrant. It will, be, it will be insane for you to go to Saudi Arabia and tell them I'm Mohammed. That was the same thing Jesus did because they were waiting for a Messiah. And this guy shows up on the scene, says that I am the Messiah, I'm Christ. Believe in me. He did some few, let's say, magic, and then had a few following, and this guy was turning the world upside down. Then the Jews said, no, no, you, you can't survive. If you live for the next two years, or the next one year, over hajjing, they planned, and they succeeded in killing him. Now, if Jesus cannot die, it means without death, there should be no resurrection. Amen? If you have not died, then there can be no resurrection. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Paul says that if Christ be not resurrected, which means that if he didn't actually die, then if he didn't resurrect, then we are still in our sins 
and our faith is in vain. That is how serious the, the resurrection of Christ is. Actually, Christianity is anchored on the resurrection of Christ and his ascension as Lord over all the universe. If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be so when you take the resurrection out and you take his lordship out, there's no Christianity. Amen? So that is the falsehood of docetism. They said Jesus Christ had, a, had an illusory body and you couldn't die. It is false. Jesus Christ was man. The Bible says that him being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness on, of men. And being found in the fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore, God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and of things in earth and of things under the earth. And every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That is false testimony. If it is false, then I'm I'm, I'm preaching lies. But it cannot be false because they died believing this thing. Psychologists will say that it is, it is okay or it is normal for somebody to die for a lie thinking it was the truth. But nobody dies for a lie knowing it is a lie. That is the principle of torture. When they catch you as a spy and they begin to torture you, they know that it will get to that point that if you are very sane and you are very rational, when it comes to choosing between your life and dying for the lie, knowing it's a lie, you speak the truth. But these guys laid their heads down and died for something they knew was true. Amen. So that is why Christianity is not by Yahomatum. No. Please. If you are here and you think that you, 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 you became a Christian because your parents were elders of the church of, the mighty church of Pentecost, which I respect so much. Or maybe your, your, your father was a, a deacon and your mom was an apostle. So you were born into the family and every day your father will take you to church every Sunday. Please, come to the point where you choose. Because I came to the point, I made a decision that no, I have to search for myself and believe that this thing actually is true. Amen. Another falsehood was Arianism. Arianism was this, the most serious doctrine. It is still peddled by people today. They say that whatever you make Jesus Christ to be, he is not of one essence with the Father. That the Son is distinct in essence from the Father. Which means that the Father is the highest in the divine Godhead. And the Son is lower or be, beneath God in the divine order. And Jesus Christ is not the same, of the same essence. Like, you know, when you take water, water is made up of what? hydrogen and oxygen molecules, right? Two hydrogen, one oxygen. Amen. And so when you talk about the essence of water, we are talking about H2O. So we are talking about the essence of God. Then we are talking about something that is within God, that makes God God. And when you try to separate the Son from the Father, there is a problem. And there will be a reason why. Now, Arianism, Arius, from Alexandria, AD 321, he started peddling that falsehood. And he succeeded in gathering a very large following. And they believe that Jesus Christ is merely the Son of God. And the title, the Son of God, is actually by courtesy. 
Because when you are the son of a kufuado, you know, we begin to give you some level of respect so that nobody can you know, disrespect you. That was the same thing we did for, for Jesus. But he is not God in essence. And that will be a problem. If I start explaining that one, we will enter um, Trinity. But it's one topic that you have to handle within some few minutes. Amen. Now, Apollinarius also come, came around. Apollinarius also posited that Jesus Christ is fully man. He is a mere man, like the first one that we spoke about. He is a mere man. There is nothing so special about him. He came to fulfill an assignment and is gone. You know, that is the argument that uh, people are peddling around, the Muslims. You know, they, how they reduce Jesus. You know, it would be very funny for you to say Jesus was just a mere moral teacher. Or he is just one of the prophets. <laughs> you are limiting him for who he is. I know throughout the week we've been dealing with Christ, so I don't want to um, mention that one. But why is Christ important? He's important because when you study God's and God's methods so well, when God gives a law to man, God doesn't expect you to say you can obey. When God tells you that, um, my son, Douglas, these are, the ten list, these are the ten laws that I would want you to obey in your capacity as man. Then you say, oh Lord, I can do it. I will obey all that is contained in the law. Then God will say, okay. Then if you have said you can do it without my help, then these are the consequences. When you break it, you die. So you can count the number of times man was dead and man was slain over and over in the Old Testament. So Paul will say that, for when you were dead in trespasses and sins, you were dead, dead. But when Jesus Christ came, he said, for the thief cometh not but for to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you may not go to heaven, but you may have life and have it more abundantly. When he came and roaming on the street of Jerusalem, he was not walking among corpses. He was not in a mortuary. But he said, you may have life. Look, all that God planned from eternity. Listen to me carefully. It is not that man must have heaven. Why do you think he came to earth and planted the garden of Eden? Have you thought about it? He left heaven and came here. You want to go there? So all your, all your, oh my goodness. All your hope. I'm not saying heaven is bad. I'm not saying Christ has not prepared. I have prepared a place for you. And when I go, I will take you unto myself. He is our heaven, honorable. When we are making the same mistake Israelites made, when the tabernacle of meeting, the tabernacle of congregation, where the Shekinah glory of God came to dwell, actually before it came there, God was a homeless God. Um, Deuteronomy, I think chapter 32, Moses was proclaiming some blessings. He got to Joseph and said that the blessings of heaven above and the blessings of the water, waters beneath and the blessings of the deep earth that lie under and the goodwill of him that dwells in the bush. Where did Moses meet God? He was a homeless God. He said that Moses, please, let me send you to this my people so that you will make single room for me to dwell amongst them. And then Moses went by all the demonstration of the power of God. He took the people out of Egypt, brought them between Gilgal, brought them to Gilgal, between the promised land and the land of captivity. And God was dwelling amongst them. But they had their focus on the promised land. Forgetting that God, their true promised land was in their midst. 
Christ in you. Christ in you. Christ has become our life, dwelling on the inside of us. We want to go to heaven. Amen. Let's continue. Now, I'm talking about the reason why Christ is important. So, Christ is not just merely man. Man cannot save man. So, when God gives you a law, he doesn't expect you to say, I can obey it. He wants you to say, Lord, this is your law. I am of mortal flesh, flesh and blood, but your law is holy and righteousness and good. Paul actually says that for what I want to do, I do not. What I would, I, I would not. But what I would, then I can't. Then if I want to do, if I don't, um, if what I want to do, I can't. And what I don't want to do, I do it. Then it is not me that does it. But I find in my members another law. For I delight after the law of God in my inward man. But I find another law in my members. Warring against the law of my mind. And bringing me into subjectivity. You know sometimes you really want to stop what you are doing. But you can't. What you want to do, you can't. And what you don't want to do, you do it. It is two laws. I, I, I should have talked about this in the basic message. But let me mix it because my time is fast spent. Two laws. That is why this is important. Why Jesus Christ must become man. Because, like I said, man cannot save man. He talked about two laws. The body of sin and the body of death. You know, death is the lowest estate of man. When you are dead, I can slap you, give you a, a hefty slap, and you can't even respond. You are weak. Oh. You are at your weakest point. And now sin is a principle, a regulative principle that operates in the natural man. That it will force you to do what you can't. And when you know what is good, but you can't do it. That is the law of death. Because you are weak. For when we were yet without strength, Christ died for the ungodly. For it is very hard for one, somebody to die for a righteous man. But God commended his love towards us. That while we were yet weak. Why we were just sinners, Christ died for us. So we were very weak. We were without strength. Amen. Now, if God, if Jesus is also fully God and not man, he cannot benefit us. He's of, he's of no benefit to man. Because God must find a certain vessel, a certain instrument. It is like a converter that transmits and communicates the life of God to man without man being vanquished. Because right now, if God is supposed to appear here in his divine essence, all of us will vanish like we would cease to exist. But this God, you know, Bible says that he dwelleth in unapproachable light, which is, which is, which is not, which, is un, um, which no man can approach, which no man has seen nor will see. But this God wanted to be felt. He wanted to be seen. He wanted men to know him. So he must find a vessel. So that is where the son of God will come in. So the son of God is not just raincoats that God enters into. Amen. Now, he said that for for as children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also partook of the same, that he might destroy him that has the power of death, that is the devil. He became 
like us, in like passion, so that he might be able to sympathize with them that are weak. You see, the Bible says that we don't have a high priest that cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but he himself became like us, so that he can sympathize. He was tempted in all points. Bible, Bible didn't say he was tempted in all things. He was tempted in all points, which means psychologically, spiritually, sexually, you know, when you are seated like that, bishop, and a very nice prostitute enters the church with the hair. You know how women, you know, pays so much attention to their hair. It meets you face for two years. lady not the When the guy complained, what did Jesus say? Hey, leave him, leave him. Leave her, leave her. So when you think that, um, and please, this doesn't mean God must understand, oh God, you know, it is of the 21st century, in your time when you came, there were no phones, there were no WhatsApp, and there were no social media. So uh, when we start to do this, please understand, you will call on, please understand. No. Try it, go to <laughs> circle, sit down for a president to brush your legs with the hair, you will see how it feels like. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, so, he must be God's man. And he must be man's God. Christ must be such that he must be man but retain all the attributes of God. And he must be God but still you know, retain all the attributes of man. So, when you, talk, when you touch Christ, you are touching the Father, you are touching the Son, you are touching the Spirit, and the last one, you are touching the church which is the body of Christ. Amen. So, if he is not only man, but is not only God, then who is he? Before we even continue, let me do this quickly. Please, if you have a Bible, you lift it up. A Bible. A big one. The big, the big one. I, mean, I like big, big Bibles. Now, Revelation chapter 1 verse 1. I can't continue until we deal with this topic. Revelation chapter 1, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave. That is a sentence I need. Now, when you begin to read the book of Revelations, how many of us love the book of Revelations? <laughs> Martin Luther in um, 1518, when he turned upon the book of Galatians and he started the reformation, he once read the revelations and he go to chapter 4. He closed it and threw it somewhere. <laughs> This is useless. <laughs> but I tell you, it is a wonderful book. Now, when you begin to read a storybook, you call something preface. Have you seen it? Or epilogue. Is it prologue? Prologue. Good. Prologue tells you something that is something about the contents of the book. So this book is written to explain the chemical composition of uh, preface. There what? The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and sent it by symbol, signs and signs and symbols and types and figures. That's the word signify. It by his angel unto his servant John. Which means that 
if you begin to read the book of Revelations and you want to only find things concerning the past, you have missed it. It is not a book of apocalypse. Me, I don't agree. Because the author, the author said, do not take anything from this book and do not add to it. This is the difference between the Old and the New Testament. The book of Revelations is exactly like the book of Ezekiel and Daniel put together. In Daniel, when the angel showed Daniel things that were concerning Israel, Daniel wanted to ask about the interpretation. The angel said, seal the book, close it. Close it. It is for an appointed time. It is not for you. Daniel, you, you are not born again. Do you know what the Bible says in Revelation chapter 22? It said, do not seal it. Open it. Let the word go abroad. He that is holy, let him be holy. And he that is righteous, let him be righteous. That's what he said. It, was a, it is the clear distinction. It is covered in the Old Testament and revealed in the New Testament. The point I'm trying to arrive is that when you begin to read the Bible outside the theme of Christ, you have missed it. It will become another newspaper to you. Let's go to Luke chapter 24. So I'm saying that the scriptures are a testimony of Jesus. Revelation 19, please go to Luke chapter 24, verse 24. Luke 24, 24. Okay, 24, 25. When you read Revelation 19, 10, John wanted to worship the angel. The angel said, hey, don't try to do it. Worship God. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. He was only trying to say that you know, Peter said, the Holy Scriptures came not by the agency of men, but holy men wrote as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Another point, he said that for the prophecy, there is a more sure word of prophecy. For the prophecy came not by the mere will of man, by holy men wrote as they were moved. Which means that when you talk about the prophecy, we are talking about the Bible. That's what it is called. It is called the prophecy. Now listen to this one. This was something that I, this is something that I find very surprising, okay? The background story is that Jesus had resurrected. He died three days. He resurrected. And his disciples had gone out to, on the town to Emmaus. They met, they were discussing among themselves and somebody joined them. It is surprising they couldn't recognize Jesus. Three days. Presdo is seated here. Oh, Meko Akraba. Three days. We can't see Presdo. That is serious. Please, think about it. This is serious. I said I came to engage your mind. Then, he said unto them, Oh, fools and slow of heart. Before Jesus Christ made this statement, he was asking them, what has happened? And they said, ah, are you a stranger here? This mighty prophet, you know, they called him prophet. They had not yet believed he was the son of God. They still doubted. Oh, mighty prophet in, in West and indeed whom the Jews, the Pharisees crucified. And it is just three days that these things happened. For we thought he was the one who was supposed to redeem Israel. He, they still thought Jesus was a political figure. He was not a political figure. So anytime you have a distorted view about Jesus, this is what he tells you in heaven. Oh, fools. Then he said unto them, Oh, fools and slow of heart, to believe all that the prophets have spoken, to believe all that the prophets. I told you that the scripture came by prophets writing as they were what? Moved by the Holy Ghost. To believe all that the prophets have spoken. Next verse. Oath not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory. Next verse. Quickly. 
And beginning at where? Oh, talk to me. Beginning at where? And all the... He expounded unto them in all scriptures things concerning... That's wonderful. Like I walk into pencil gathering one day and I request for the book of Isaiah and I begin to read. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor, to open the prison to them that are blah, 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 to heal the brokenhearted. These things Isaiah is talking about. <laughs> you don't know the gravity of Jesus' offense. This is a monotheistically stubborn nation. No, the, the, the Torah, the law, was not just a, a, a religious document. It was their constitution. It contained what punishment somebody must suffer when he raped somebody. It was a document that settled disputes. <laughs> Moses gave them a comprehensive law, even regarding where to <laughs> ease yourself. It was in the law. Ah, uh, yeah. And Jesus Christ comes some thousand years after I was saying that. No, 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 no. It was not just a law in themselves. It was a picture concerning me. That when Israel sins and they present the, the, um, the, the lamb for a sin offering. Bible says that, I think in Leviticus chapter 16. The sin offering comes to the high priest. He lays his hand on the, on the, on the, sin, um, on the lamb and dumps all of Israel's sins on the lamb. So the perfection of the lamb becomes the perfection of Israel. And the sinfulness of Israel becomes the sinfulness of the lamb. And the lamb is sent into a wilderness by a strong man from the army. And he is led. He is, you know, left in the wilderness. What happened when Jesus baptized? John the Baptist, being a prophet, and also a priest. Don't forget his father was Zechariah from the tribe of Levi. When he laid his hands on Jesus, listen, the sins of the world was not laid on Jesus on the cross. That is a fallacy. It was laid immediately John laid his hands on Jesus. So he called him, Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. The world taketh away. It's wonderful. Look, in the Bible, we have atonement and propitiation or remission. Atonement is to cover up. It's to cover the sins. So, what was happening in the Old Testament was that when they sin, God covers it with the blood of bulls and goats. You come to Hebrews 9.22, Bible makes it clear. It is, not, it is not possible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. But what did Jesus do? He took sin by the throat. <laughs> uh, this is Jesus. We don't talk about him because we want to make him bigger than he is. Actually, we are underestimating him. He took sin by the throat. Bible said that. Knowing this, Romans 6 says, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with Christ, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we, 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 we will no longer serve sin. The day I realized I can actually say no to sin, that was the day my life turned around. But the Bible said that knowing this, knowing this, it is a knowing. It is a, a reckoning. So reckon yourselves as instruments of righteousness. Look, it is a reckoning. It is a knowing. You come to the know of it. You don't just accept it as a mere mental assent, like you agree. Jesus is the son of God who I agree. But in your practical life, you start doubting him. You have a problem and you run to the malam. You have not seen Jesus yet. 
So somebody becomes a Christian, becomes a Muslim, becomes a Christian again. It is a matter of ignorance. Amen. Now, he began to expound scriptures concerning himself. John chapter 5, quickly. John chapter 5. John chapter 5, verse 39. Look at what he said. He said that you search the scriptures, you, you Pharisees, you search the scriptures. In them you think you have eternal life. Now, the scriptures, when you see scriptures used in the Bible, for example, all scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for reproof, for doctrine, for instruction in righteousness that the man of God will become perfect, meet for every good work. When you see scriptures as used in the Bible, it's not talking about the Old Testament and the New Testament. It's talking about the Old Testament, the law the prophets, and the Psalms. Because at the time Jesus was speaking, there was no Second Corinthians. Amen? So when you see scriptures, talking about the Old Testament, we are actually supposed to read the Old Testament to reveal, to mine Christ out of the Old Testament. That's what Paul and the Peter, they had nothing to speak about. That's what they did. So they would do it and say that, as it is written, as it is written, as it is written. They were only going there to reveal Christ and bring him out. So he is hidden in the Old Testament and we reveal him in the New Testament. That is why you cannot think that as a Christian you should be treated better than Muslims. No. No. Sometimes you say that he became poor that you might become rich. So it is a sin for a Christian to become poor. You are joking. <laughs> because in the same chapter he talked about giving to poor, poor Christians. Christ didn't come to make you materially rich. But he came to bless you with all spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. If you don't like this, you see, they are watching my face. Hey, what is this guy saying? <laughs> I'm not saying that. God doesn't give material wealth. Of course he does. But set your affections on things above, not on things beneath. Seek ye first the heart. And his, 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 the kingdom of God and his. The kingdom of God, the kingdom of God is summed up in Christ. That's why he used his, not it. And his righteousness and all other things shall be added. Why don't I have a Bugatti? Wait. Wait. Now, let's continue. You search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. But they are that which testify of... Who is speaking here? Correct. So the scriptures reveal Jesus. Pick and cry. It, it's simple. God bless you for listening to this message. We hope you are blessed and equipped as you have been exposed to the light in the word of God. For sponsorship and other expositions, please call this line 0547-810-722. You can also email us on apollotv.w at gmail.com. Like our Facebook page on Apollo TV or follow us on Twitter, Apollo TV. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel, Apollo TV. God bless you and stay connected to the light.